this population is paid for by the state. Mm -hmm. So if we can keep them out of the ED, everybody wins. Yeah. The client patient wins, healthcare wins, the taxpayers win, yeah. and the state wins. It's really uh, an interesting dynamic around how a little bit of change yep. can make a really big change. The Medical Alley Podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. MentorMate empowers healthcare clients to deliver on their mission and transform the human experience through technology. For over 20 years, clients have trusted MentorMate to guide their vision, design innovative products, and build secure solutions while understanding the specific nuances of their industry. MentorMate's global team in the U.S., Eastern Europe, and Latin America helps clients in all sectors of healthcare transform their organizations. From Fortune 500 pharmaceutical companies and commercial payers to hospital systems, medical device manufacturers, and beyond. Learn more at mentormate.com/healthcare. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to everyone out there in Medical Alley. This is Frank Chistolke, your host of the Medical Alley podcast, and I'm so excited for today where we're going to have a conversation about a really innovative healthcare health technology company in the community with a person who has been involved in health innovation for a number of years. I'm so pleased to be joined by Steve Pontius, the CEO of HealthyMed. Steve, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Frank. Great to be here. Yeah, right on. Maybe the, the place to start... You were involved in the the founding of Minute Clinic, which in many ways is where some of what we think about of retail health and some of the new care delivery methods started. Could you talk just a little bit about the impact you think Minute Clinic has had over the years and the, the evolution of healthcare delivery today? A great question. And what I would say to you is I don't think when we started Minute Clinic, we were trying to change the world. Ah. It's not what we were trying mm-hmm. to do. I, I think the truth of the matter is we were trying to get amoxicillin for ear infections. Yeah, And, and that's right what on. we were trying to do. What's happened, which I think is really interesting, the, the big ahas from Minute Clinic are, one, the patient wants help mm-hmm. when they want help. Yeah. <laughs> if you go back to that time in the 90s, you couldn't get an appointment. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you called your doctor and said, I need to come in, they'd say, well, we have an opening next week. And yeah. your other options were urgent care or ER. Mm-hmm. So what we proved then and what you see all over the country today is you can walk into just about any care source and get it. You can walk into an ER. You can walk into any primary care facility. Yeah. There's There's a whole bunch of those. Because what happened is people figured out that when you're sick, you want help and you want help now. Yep. And that is the biggest change that Minute Clinic brought to the, to the country at back then. Right on. Not our intent, but that's what, what ended up happening. Yeah. Yes. Well, and then fast forward today, now HealthyMed. Uh, maybe introduce the audience, give them the quick background. What is HealthyMed? And what is this this clinic at home idea and who, who does it serve? Like, tell us a bit of the story. So HealthyMed is a medical technology company 
that has uh, focused our energy around helping Medicaid waivered populations. Mm-hmm. So the underserved, mm-hmm. sick of the sick, poor of the poor, in most cases, are our clients. Um, the the state calls them clients. You you can interchange patients if you'd like, yep. but that's that's what that's what this population is. And the idea is, how do we work upstream? Yeah with this population to keep them out of EDs. Because mm-hmm. if you look at our population today, 85% of them don't have a primary care doctor. So wow. where they're going for care is the ED. Oh, wow. That's where they go. Yep. And so what our idea was, was to bring a technology stack to them where they are, mm-hmm. government housing, and all of those low mm-hmm. income areas where people live, and allow them to care for themselves. I think it's critical that one of the things healthcare has done, has had a challenge with, let's say it that way, is that they have a tough time with this population. So mm. what you find is that they do a nice job of politely going the other way. Uh. And so what we decided to do was we're going head on. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we meet our clients through case managers throughout the state. So county case managers sign up their clients, patients for our services. We install a 50-inch TV in the home mm. and then RPM devices based on acuity level. Ah. And then we follow that up with three things. We have outreach weekly by what we call our client engagement specialists. So they, that, they're part of that team for that client. We have nursing that shows up in the patient's home Ah. minimum of four times a year, depending on acuity level and Mm -hmm. what needs to happen. And then our platform provides telehealth visits, uh, opportunities for either Ah. you, it can be your provider, we can provide a provider for you, however you'd like to do that. And our goal is to get patients, clients back on the spectrum of taking care of their own health so they don't end up in the ED. Oh, wow. And you guys have been doing this for a bit. What What's the results been so far? Is it working? I would say to you that what we really like about what we do mm-hmm. is it works. Yeah. We get reimbursed mm-hmm. and we're collecting a whole bunch of data on a population that the state has, has yeah. no data on. So yes to all of that. We have, we've been around for three years, a little over three years. We have over 300 people on our platform today. Mm. We're in 27 counties throughout the state. Yeah. So we're going to where the clients are, whether that be rural or um, in the seven county metro area as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I imagine then that that premise you said before of keep them out of the ED, that's good for the, the patient, the client, of course. That sounds like that's probably also good for the broader healthcare system. When I think of the stresses that emergency departments are facing that the the larger health systems in our community are facing is moving this population from the ED to care at home does that have broader system implications for healthcare i think it has a I, yes mm-hmm. and i think it has more implications than that as well oh yeah so for healthcare they don't know what to do with this population, mm-hmm. right? Because this population comes in for primary care visits. They're sick which in the ED, which thing. is not where they're supposed yeah. to be, period. And not to say that this population doesn't have occasion where they need to go to the of course. ED, right? So if we can just, it's it's so interesting because the parallels to Minute Clinic mm. are this. 
One of the things we talked about with Minute Clinic is, well, if urgent care takes three hours, what if we remove the stuff that we could get a quick yes or no answer? Right. What would happen? What would happen to the doctor's office? What would happen to urgent care? What would happen to ERs, right? Fast forward to that, to where we are today, what would happen to EDs? I, I don't yeah. know the last time you were in an ER. Mm. You have you have patients in the hallway. Yep. You have, and part of that is just because people are using that as primary care. Right. Um, so if you can work upstream, it's a it's a really nice piece, right? Yeah. The other the other thing to remember is that this population is paid for by the state. Mm-hmm. So if we can keep them out of the ED, everybody wins. Yeah. The client patient wins, healthcare wins, the taxpayers win, yeah. and the state wins. It's really uh, an interesting dynamic around how a little bit of change yep. can make a really big change. And I think yeah. that's how it works. You get you and I can't sit here today and say, let's go fix healthcare. Yeah. Too complicated. But we can take little pieces out and do that. It that's really well said, because that it sometimes does feel overwhelming and almost a bit hopeless because healthcare is so big, so complicated, right? Every problem is big and there's a hundred thousand of them. What I hear you describing is healthy meds ability to take what is a significant and real problem and make an impact. And that by itself doesn't transform healthcare, but it creates a bit more space maybe the flexibility for a health system to work on a different problem that they couldn't before because the system is so dumbed up. The thing that should be five minutes takes five hours multiplied by a hundred and a thousand. Yeah, really well said of that impact having a broader implication. Maybe shifting for a moment, slightly selfish question. I hear you describe all of this and I think about, you know, my parents as they age and the, the challenges they face and then me and my sister trying to help take care of them. I want this. Is this something that individuals might be able to get for their family members eventually? Or is is there that core focus on the Medicare waivered population? It's a great question. And the answer is you can. Mm-hmm. We are going to roll out private pay in 2024, ah. Q1. And we're going to roll it out just in the state of Minnesota, which would mean mm-hmm. that your parents would have to be in the state. Yep. Um, that will transfer quickly to other states, yep. right? Because, and this comes from us presenting at shows and having multiple people yeah. coming to the booth saying, hey, my mom lives in Ohio and oh. I can't be present for her doctor's appointments right. and, I, and I have no way of, of following her health. Can yeah. you help me? And the answer is we can absolutely do that. Interesting. So you'll start to see it in 2024, and then as we as we roll out to other states, you'll start to see it in other states. Yeah. Well, and that that state to state piece, you know, that makes me think about um, the role of policy in healthcare. And I'm curious, you know, what's the the role of policy or the the need to change policy or legislation, say in Minnesota or elsewhere, that you know might benefit healthy matter might remove some of the barriers to being able to deliver the kind of care that you're delivering. So the challenge in Minnesota, and that's all, we're just in Minnesota today, uh, we'll be in a couple of other states in 2024, but the challenge has been that you have to work with county case managers. And county Uh case managers are underpaid, overworked, Mm -hmm. and they have a high turnover rate. So Uh it's really hard to get them to understand, here's what we're doing, right? 
we get a lot of questions like, you guys are just giving TVs away? No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not giving TVs away. But here's what we're doing and here's why we're doing it. The interesting piece that's happened is on the backside of our platform, mm -hmm. a case manager can, and I'm kind of going off track here, so yeah. you can just circle me back if you need to. Go for it. We On the portal on the backside of this, it allows the case manager to log in at any time and say, how's Frank doing today? Ah. How's Steve doing today? Let me see what their RPM devices are showing. Mm -hmm. Let me see what the notes are from that. And that can be a family member, it can be a caregiver, yep. it can be anybody that's associated with the patient yeah. or the client. So I it just for us, what we have been talking about is we would like our program to be an opt-out program, meaning that the state would come to us and say, here's a population that we want you to serve. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the patient or the client can opt out if they'd like, or we yep. can opt out saying, you're just not the right it, fit yep. for our yeah. organization. Because that takes the case manager piece out of it, which would help the case managers. Right. As They're well. busy this, as it is. Yeah. This isn't a, oh, we're trying to get rid of the case managers. Not that at all. Yeah. It's just trying to make it easier. And what's happened is we've received calls from other states that are interested in us coming. And that's the first question we have. Yeah. It's got to be an opt-out program or we're not coming. Yep. No, that, that makes a lot of sense and kind of addressing the same challenge you talked about with the EDs of, you know, overworked and not always being able to do the highest level of their work. If you can take some of that off, deliver the care in a better way, you're, you're ultimately going to make the case manager's job easier and the outcomes better, which is the whole point. And that, that makes a ton of sense. Maybe shifting then just one more direction. If I, if I remember right, I think you all also have a, a partnership with a, another Medical Alley member, ACRA. You talked about what you're doing with them and how, how that collaboration has come about and how it's gone. They've been a great partner for yeah. us. And ACRA Home Care does, uh, has a large population of Medicaid wavered oh. clients. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we've done is we've worked with them directly mm -hmm. for referrals of, hey, here's a client oh. that we could jointly help together. Mm -hmm. And using our system then that they can log into and see data on and we can help with the nursing or with provider visits as well. And mm -hmm. so what that started as they were just going to refer clients to us. And it's gotten to the point where in 2024, you'll see ACRA providing nursing mm. for their clients as well. Love that. Happy yep. to have them doing that. And we'll, and we'll either provide the provider visits mm -hmm. or if the client has one, then they can go down that path yep. too. But they've been a fabulous partner to work ah. with. And um, we, we meet, multiple times a week and are mm -hmm. continuing to expand with that. Oh, it's great to hear. I mean, I, I really love seeing the collaboration and I love seeing so many different organizations now that are finding better ways to deliver care, patient-centric, but are also bit by bit moving the direction of healthcare delivery. Last question I'll ask you is probably the easiest one, just what's next? Like, where are you guys going with this and what should we be on the lookout for? Well, the interesting piece of our model mm -hmm. is that we've proven that it works. Yeah. And if it works with this population, it works with pretty no. much any other population you want to put in there, whether that be Medicare Advantage, whether mm -hmm. that be private pay, whether that be working with payers, mm -hmm. because everyone has, has those patients or clients or 
members that are that need help. Mm-hmm. It's not this isn't this is if you can prove it in the Medicaid waiver population, yeah. which is one of the most difficult ones to do. It's an easy plug and play. Mm-hmm. Our our concern is we want to stay focused on the Medicaid waiver population mm-hmm. because we're really good at it and yep. it's hard. That's one. So you'll see that expand into other states. But you will also see other opportunities because the technology is the technology. Ah. And the and the beautiful thing about the technology, give me just one second to go down yeah, this path, please. is that we were asked early on, why a TV? Why yeah. not an iPad? Why right. not a smartphone? Why not a computer? Here's the thing. When our installers go in to install the platform, mm-hmm. here's how the training works. The TV and the RPM devices are set up. And our tech takes the remote control and hands uh-huh. it to the client and goes here. Oh, yeah, right. And the client picks it up and starts navigating because they already know how to do it. Yep. This isn't a whole thing about, well, if you hold the button too long, then the yeah. app starts blinking and I don't know what if that means. If you triple click with two fingers on your iPad, it does yes. one thing. If it's one, yeah. So so oh. what, what we can share is that our engagement on our platform mm-hmm. is 90%. Wow. So in October, we had 22,000 interactions on our platform wow. by the 300 clients we have. So what we can tell you is- in a month, not, that's a lot. Not only do they use it, they use it a lot. Mm-hmm. And the platform runs in the background, so the client can watch Price is Right or Netflix oh, yeah. or whatever they want to watch. And the platform will give them medication reminder notes. It's time yep. to take your meds. It's time to exercise. You have a um, you have a visit coming up with a nurse. Yeah. Regardless of what you're watching, so it's not. Uh, I like to refer it as it's not gee whizzy technology, right? It's just simple technology that connects things together. It, it meets the patient's needs, yes. as opposed to look at the cool tech. Yes, correct. Right on. Well, thank you, Steve. I really appreciate you sharing the story of Healthy Med. What you're up to? Um, that's fantastic. Thank you. You're very welcome. Happy to do it. Yeah, and folks, that's been another episode of the Medical Alley Podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, you can find us on medicalalleypodcast.org, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us now on the Medical Alley YouTube channel. Just look up Medical Alley. And hey, do me a favor. Would you share this episode with one other person? If everyone listening did that, you'd help spread this important story a bit further and contribute to healthcare transformation. I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, thank you.